the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. How are you? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Tech stocks, we can talk about developers and Apple's conference and so much, much, much more. We could talk about Microsoft and their Azure cloud secret weapon. We could talk about Google's CEO, not CEO, ex-founder or co-founder designing planes that you can drive on the road and then fly when you need to fly. Kind of like a human drone. I don't know. There's something going on there. Not a lot of big stuff in today's news cycle. That's vastly different from the day before, the day before, the day before. A lot going on with China. And the trade deficit. China is reportedly offered to buy an additional $25 billion of U.S. goods to help close the trade deficit. That offer goes away, though, if the U.S. pushes ahead with its tariffs on imported Chinese goods. A tariff threat by the United States that still remains on the table with a proverbial shaker that contains several grains of salt. What's going to happen with all the trade war talk? Don't you wish you can jump ahead and say, oh, 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 I know. It's like I heard someone describing wars recently as like, did you know today is the anniversary of D-Day? And how many Americans died on D-Day? And then a few years later, we're good friends with Germany. Why did we have to do all that crazy stuff to each other? You know, It was an amazing day of heroics and bravery. It was a tragic day of death. And disasters to families, right? It's interesting the way U.S. history is taught. I don't have a clue how many Germans died. I know some big picture numbers and things along those lines, but that's the problem, Mike, right? You get caught up in these Chinese-U.S. trade wars, and you're like, not good. 
I heard Mandy Moore talk about her first divorce and how she stayed in a rocker now. And the divorce ended in a war where they hated each other. Wars are not good, whether it be the trade wars, world wars, or divorces. They're just not good. You once loved each other. And then, you know, in the future, be good friends like we are with Germany. Who knew? So China offers some concessions, but says that they're off the table the moment you move one step closer to a trade war. (laughs) Don't you get the feeling that Trump's out there going like, you mean this line in the sand? Oh, stepped over it. Now where's your line? Oh, you mean this line in the sand? Anyhow, leadership right now on the markets is backed up into a bunch of tech stocks that are pretty familiar names. Amazon, Netflix, Google, Facebook, Apple, Microsoft. And the biotech sector is having a great year. Biotech stocks are doing fantastic. They don't have the cure for cancer, but they're working on it. And how much will you spend for super fast internet? Probably about 60 bucks is your threshold. And you're like, whoa, that's getting to be too much. How much will you spend to defeat cancer in your body? I had a friend recently take off a quarter-sized growth of skin. And kind of with an ice scooper. A little bit of a razor blade and a little bit of an ice scooper. Sent off to the lab. Will it be cancerous? Will it not? And the doctor said, you know, what's crazy is in a couple of years from now, we'll be able to cure all this stuff. Skin cancers is kind of what is it implying. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm optimistic. So I'm, I'm now walking around with my shirt off. It's a good sight. It, it encourages others to start dieting. Because they have an upset stomach after seeing me. I once was on the beach in North Carolina, and I must have fallen asleep close to the water as the tide was coming in. And two little children, six-year-old kids, tried to push me back in the water because they thought I was a beached whale. That is not they thought I was an animal who was dying. That's you not a good look on a human. On. You're a bit of all right. Yes. So the trade deficit comes out, and we see how much is coming in versus going out in the United States. There's about a $46.2 billion deficit right now for a month. And that's the month of March. And you see China is willing to say, you know, we'll buy $25 billion more. But that's not even close to where we are. But it's nice that people are talking and not shooting, if I may say so myself. R.E.M. once said it's the end of the world as we know it. Donald Trump has the lowest ever approval rating for president in his first year. He's presided over one of the least productive Congresses in the last 40 years. In Europe, Italy was unable to form a government for three months. Germany took nearly six months to put its government in place. Paris is at a standstill right now as medical workers, trash collectors, and pilots join the striking train workers to oppose French President Emmanuel Macron's attempt to institute labor reforms. France has promised too much, too, right? It's bummed to, to learn that Kate Spade killed herself. Don't know why. I think it's that people are starting to die that are my age or in my age bracket. And uh, 
she was amazing as a designer. And I don't know what haunted her or didn't haunt her. She told her daughter to ask her father. And that makes me think, how sad. And we see these pharmaceutical companies kick out antidepressants and pills that can fabricate, you know, hair on people's heads. And we can't even keep ourselves happy when you're Kate freaking fracking spade who makes designer handbags or who sold her designer handbag business 10 years ago. It's all interesting stuff. It's all headline news. I know you're saying, is she married? Is she, did she marry David Spade, Kate Spade? No, no, she married David Spade's brother. All the money in the world can't make you happy. There's a lot of economic dysfunction in the world right now. Since 2008, the world has entered a period of economic dysfunction of low-cost money. And now we're starting to reverse that and raise the cost of money. We've seen China's rapid ascent into an economic power in the last 10, 15 years. As globalization has created significant wealth in China. You're reading articles and seeing stories about janitors worth millions because they invested in a company they were cleaning up. I once had a friend in the United States who would call my radio show 20 years ago, and he was working at AOL as a janitor. And he said, man, they went from one person at a desk to two people at a desk 24 hours to a second floor to a third floor to a building across the street to people at a desk to a second floor to a third floor and he kept investing and his wife kept saying sell 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 we're i'm married to a janitor and he never did well he did strangely enough he made a lot of money off of it doesn't stories of janitors making millions both in china 20 years after a janitor in the united states made millions sounds silly or does it sound insightful you can find me online at Rob Black Show Twitter Rob Black Show a seminar always coming up you can use code radio 25 to get in for free sign up at robblackshow.com sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So we learned yesterday that Miss America is no longer going to have a bikini pageant or a bikini presentation. I know you're saying, but I grew up on that. It's now no longer to be a pageant. It's now going to be referred to as a competition. I know you're saying, where are you going with this? I don't know. 
I, I talked a little bit about Kate Spade in the last segment, and I kind of want to talk a little bit more about it because one of the things I really like about my job is that I get to study like business successes. And I kind of put the dots together between Kate Spade and Robin Williams. And it's got me particularly flummoxed right now. So the news of Kate Spade figuring out a way to hang herself with a scarf in her home is just, it's overwhelming to me because she was one of those people that really kind of was the American dream who comes out of college and and puts together a business plan and, and then sells it and hits it. And one of the big things that she did really well was with her purses and I used to invest in, in um, companies like Kate Spade and um, other fashion companies that make purses in large part because, uh, you know, a $200 to $400 purse doesn't cost $200 It takes a lot of creativity and a lot of energy to make that kind of money work or that idea turn into to a, a big business. But one of her big uh, thoughts that was fantastic was she took her purse and instead of putting the name on the inside of the purse, she put Kate Spade on the outside of the purse. And it wasn't her name. It wasn't Kate Spade. So she married David Spade's brother and kind of took her first name, Kate, and his last name, Spade, and put it together. And her last name was was particularly brutal. Like, you wouldn't want to buy a purse with that name on it. Um, So that's worthy of note. But, yeah, I look at how happy and sharp and quick people can be, like a Robin Williams or like a Kate Spade. And, again, her name's not even Kate Spade, right? But everyone knows of you as Kate Spade. Um, So her last name was Brosnahan. And there's a famous, you know, extended family member, actress, Rachel Brosnahan. I'm probably saying the name pretty harshly and correctly, but that's okay. Um, So anyway, I just throw this out there because I think the world's pretty rough out there. And we we need to take a little more breaks. We need to slow down a little bit. I see people freak out on each other living in the Bay Area. And they don't even know they're freaking out. And it's just tied towards stress of their job. I do this whole radio show to get you to retirement. I I, I don't think you're going to be able to take a break Monday through Friday from 9 to 5. Or if you're getting up with kids from 7 to 5. Or if you're putting the kids down to bed from 7 to 7. I don't think we could do it. It's a rough world out there. Try to hang on. I'm going to try to get you to retirement. But depression is actually a really, really big issue in the United States. And successful people hit it, too. You know, when you feel the stress and pressure of your brand, and I have a brand, Rob Black and Your Money. I, I'm, I'm toning it down now because I, I want less pressure in my life. So I'm freaked out and a little saddened that someone would take their own life, like Robin Williams and or like Kate Spade. And again, not even her real name. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And everyone just assumed. Uh, David Spade, comedian, talked about his sister-in-law, Katie. And it's suddenly, it's, it's like it starts becoming much, much more warm when you hear things like that. 
So people who can make you laugh so hard, people that can inspire you with designs and color, uh, they, they suffer too. And it's something we don't much think about in this society, do we? So tech stocks are rocking and rolling. Changing the subject back to stress. Tech stocks are in rally mode. That means your 401k is probably getting fatter because companies like Apple, Facebook, and Netflix are big, fat companies in an index like the S&P 500 that are market-weighted. And as they do well, so does your S&P 500 fund, so does your 401k more than likely. Tech is now about 23 26.2% of the S&P 500. So the S&P 500 is made up of 10-plus indices and sub-indices, things like retail and finance. Finance could have things like banking and brokerage stocks and insurance companies. Retail could have things like hardline, like wood, like a Lowe's or a Home Depot. You could have the soft lines, like clothing stores. And right now, tech is so fat. It's 26.2% of the S&P 500 index. That's Healthcare is a good 20%. So as those sectors go, so goes your 401k. And what I'm warning you about at this point in time is we are at an area that we haven't been in a long time. The biggest tech waiting since November 2000. Now, let's stop and think about that for uno momentero, which is Spanish, you know, for one moment. Um, I, don't, don't email me and tell me it's not. That's all I ask. Don't, don't pop my bubble. That's right, Jack. But the last time tech was so fat and so big of a part of the S&P 500 was November 2000. Say, say, 2000, zero, zero, party over, it's out of time. Do we remember what happened in 2000 to 2002 in tech stocks? They were murder-related. Think of a baseball bat with a tennis racket head made of steel with razor blades all around it. That's what happened to tech stocks back in 2000, 2002. And I'm not putting any direct comparison. I'm just saying that's one comparison. That's one thing to look at is the weighting. Now, again, Apple's going to have better earnings expected next year versus this year. So that's going to help that weighting look a little bit less in the S&P 500 index. I'm not going to scream you know, bloody murder. I'm not going to scream like, get out of the markets now. I'm just going to say, take a look at your 401k today. If you wanted it at 20% allocation for tech, and it's at 262 now, maybe you say, where? maybe healthcare needs more love. Maybe retail needs a little more love. Maybe finance needs a little more love. Maybe income stocks need a little more love in my portfolio. Maybe a small cap Russell 2000 companies. Looky, looky. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app.
comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. invested in more this little manchester orchestra bringing us back from break and every year i think i find one song that i go whoa and it hits me this song is oh you think you have a love affair with wall street at times you think you have a passionate affair with your partner heartbreak in a relationship family struggles with parents it's a brutal song. One thing I like about Manchester Orchestra is this song's called The Gold. Go watch the video. It's awesome. It's fun. It's it's creative. They've got a relationship with a video guy. I always love that when a band kind of has a style in their visual performance as well as their their sound. I really like two or three songs by this band. But there's a line in the song that says, you don't open your eyes for a while. You just breathe that moment down. That was advice from his father. Told him how he reacts to sudden events like a heart attack or a mind collapse. You don't open your eyes for a while. You just breathe that moment down. Comes from a mining town. But that reaction applies to both literal sudden health-related events as well as events and realizations that diagnose the health of relationships. It's one of my favorite songs right now as far as, Hey, Siri... Play, and uh, you know when you're not in the mood for what you're not in the mood for what not you go with the gold by Manchester Orchestra. You don't open your eyes for a while; you just breathe that moment down. And the line, "I believed you were crazy; you believed you loved me." <laughs> Does that not sum some of us up totally click correctly? All right, all right, all right. I know some people say I just listen to songs; I don't try to analyze them. I know, I know. It's a curse. It's a curse. Now, analyzing that, I think, helps with with the idea of analyzing companies. Being able to read music and think about it and try to figure out, you know, there's a song by Peter Gabriel that ends with a very up note, but it's about a relationship that's, like, sad that it's over and it's done. But if you stick with it long enough, you see that... You know, there's an upbeat end where you have to be optimistic. Wall Street will get negative. It'll get ugly. It'll get nasty. And uh, my phone just started playing Mama by Genesis. My phone has got a ghost in the machine, I think. So, what's going to happen in the market? Oh, a little Mama. This is a great little song because, again, obviously about parental relationships with children units, parental units, the child unit. But you know the song on this album is is the best. It's a it's, it's a no fun being an illegal alien, which I don't think you can do that song today. You can do it in the seventies and eighties, but not so much today, right? Yeah, mama. Not cool to be at the gym listening on headphones and screaming mama. 
Not cool. Not cool to watch pornography on your phone at the at the gym. Not cool. I've seen some crazy stuff people watch on flights. It's crazy stuff people watch on gyms. Because I must have a long neck, right? It's a no fun being an illegal alien. I even think he's using a little bit of a Spanish accent in this song, right? Or is that just... I don't know. Phil Collins... Back on tour, there was big rumors for years that he had lost his voice and his mind was gone and that we'd never see him again. Not so much. So David Stockman, speaking about Manchester Orchestra and heartbreak in a relationship, David Stockman said stocks will plunge 50% in this daredevil market. First and foremost, you go, who the hell is David Stockman? Second, you go, oh, he's kind of legendary. He's done well in his career. David Stockman is intensifying what he refers to as his bear case. President Ronald Reagan's Office of Management Budget Director blames a bull market that's getting longer in the tooth, paired with headwinds ranging from President Donald Trump's leadership to fiscal policy decisions to questionable earnings. He thinks it's a daredevil market. Now, I'm not one to say the word absurd. I'm not one to say, what are you, crazy? No. What are you, nuts? I, I, what are you, nuts? I, I, I like to listen. I like to digest. And I like to think about it. Stockman says he thinks the S&P 500 could easily drop to 1600 because earnings could drop to $75 a share the next time we have a recession. We're about eight or nine years in the expansion. Everything is crazily priced. I mean, the S&P 500 at 24 times at the end. Tippy top of a business cycle. Now, one of the biggest things that David Stockman has negative on the market right now is that President Donald Trump's tax cuts are providing a fundamental left to stocks. He says these tax cuts are going to add to the deficit in the 10th year of the expansion. It's just irresponsible crazy. It's all going to stock buybacks. And merger and acquisition deals anyway. That doesn't cause the economy to grow. It's just a short-term boost to the stock market that doesn't last. I mostly agree. I'm a stock market guy. I may max out your 401k, 403b, 457. Own real estate if you're going to live in it for five or more years or use it for five or more years. Know that second homes are probably average investments at best. Maybe even poor. That they're meant to be enjoyed, but the home that you live in could be good, especially if it's close to work. Now, with all that out there, that's just one piece of data, right? And I think what he said was the tax cuts are really aren't being used by corporations wisely. That's okay. At least they're buying back shares and they're helping with their earnings per share. At least they're giving some back to the investors. And even though I'm not spending my investments right now, they're still growing. And down the road, even if they cut back 10%, it's not bad. Because it's been such a great nine years. So this kind of gets me to jump around to like the next idea of where's money going and what's it look like and concepts along those lines. And one area that, that 
obviously is the most talked about in the Bay Area is housing. Cost of housing. The painted ladies in San Francisco, California. Aren't they lovely? I just think that's lovely. They're lovely. Not for me. The Bay Area is the most unaffordable place to live in the United States, according to a lot of data. It's not really getting better. And we we want to fix problems. I mean, you heard Howard Schultz yesterday say, come on, Democrats, you can't keep fixing problems by spending money. We got to have some better plans. Now, the San Francisco Bay Area wants to alleviate the affordable housing crisis, namely in the East Bay, because where else are you going to do it? You know, there was a point in time where big cities rock and rolled and companies like Kmart back in the 50s and 60s did great. And then people started going, I kind of want to live in the suburbs. I kind of want to get away from the hustle and bustle. I'll drive into work because it's not that congested. So everyone moved to the suburbs. Now, the suburbs in the Bay Area happen to be East Bay. I kind of feel that North Bay, it's okay and it does nice. But the East Bay is where everyone looks and goes, okay, I can't really afford a house in San Francisco. I can't afford a house on the peninsula. I can't afford a house in San Jose. Where do I go? And that was a couple years ago that you were willing to live in an area that might have a little more crime, a little bit more uh, poverty, a little more homeless. So there was a report put together by the Bay Area Council of Economic Institute, and it said the Bay Area needs to uh, build more affordable homes. Now, not me. I I don't want that. I have a home. I don't want condos near my home. I'm see. That's the problem. It's not in my backyard. Like we can have free energy, nuclear energy free. But who wants a nuclear power plant in their backyard? Right. No one wants cheap housing in their backyard. And yet where I live right now, all that's going up is condo after condo after condo. And they're small, 400, 500 square feet apartments. But the Bay Area's affordable housing crisis said, let's build near transit. And that'll fix everything. Not fix everything, but, you know, an $800,000 median home. We need something cheaper than that. The median rent in the East Bay, which includes Oakland and Berkeley, is around $3,000 a month. Lower than San Francisco's 3300 But building homes near BART in Livermore, move BART to Livermore, get more homes in Livermore, which is cheaper than other parts. If that's our solution, we are screwed. We're hosed. We're sent down the river. Just extend BART. That'll fix housing. Let's send BART out to Stockton. Boom shakalaka. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
financial money investing and more. On the outside, I'm cool, collected. I'm one of a kind. I work aggressively to help you and me get through this world. Uh, sounds like a song like Cheers. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. It doesn't. You know, I enjoy what I do, and it's not exactly work. And, you know, when I can motivate you at some point in time to take a look at your daily life and factor in how can I be an investor, it's tough, right? Fortnite is a video game that a lot of people know about. It's a dominant game right now. And companies are quoting Fortnite in their earnings call. One of the things that I do that I don't talk much about are, are conference calls with with companies during earnings season. And a lot of the companies that I invest in, a lot of the companies I like to follow happen to be in the Bay Area, obviously tech companies. And you know, probably two quarters ago, it was all about Bitcoin. Everyone wanted to try to figure out how can we get into Bitcoin, into our business model, into our conference call, whether it be Litecoin or Ripple or Ethereum or Monero. Now, if you talk about Fortnite, what you're seeing is outsized success. And people, businesses want to project outsized success. The company... Epic Games, which produced Fortnite, banked $296 million in sales from the game console, from the game across the console, PC, and mobile categories. Stop and think about that for one second. $296 million in sales. Solo, the Han Solo movie, hasn't made that much money. And a little game that your kid's playing on their phone is thumping Han Solo. And Chewbacca's not happy. <laughs> April saw the launch of Fortnite on Apple, on their iOS. And and guess what happened when Apple reported their quarter? They talked about Fortnite. Then you get companies like NVIDIA. Guess what they did? They talked about Fortnite. Tencent, which is a Chinese uh, internet company. They own a 40% stake in Epic. Electronic Arts, Activision, Take-Two. Everyone wants... Fortnite or something like it. Snap and Hasbro have made mentions of Fortnite on their conference call. Fortnite has over 40 million monthly active users. And you start looking at, you know, you start looking at uh, monthly active users and you instantly start thinking about things like Facebook, right? 40 million monthly. The game HQ Trivia. Sometimes has a million plus players trying to win a share of $5,000 amongst a million people. It's not a lot of money. Sometimes you literally win 85 cents. But you feel like you're winning, you're beating the system. So everyone's talking about Fortnite because outsized gains. Be careful. That can get you into some hot water. Even though your 8-year-old son plays Fortnite... He won't be able to predict the, the spending on Snap's platform. Or when does the company lose the magical effect and become the next best thing, right? So the success of Fortnite and PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds are just beyond comprehension right now. 
That was the quote from NVIDIA CEO Jin Jin The two games are a combination of Hunger Games and Survivor, and it's just captured the imagination of gamers around the world. That's pretty crazy. So when I go out and build a new computer, and I like to build computers every two or three years, I'm going to get the latest GPU to handle the latest game, even if I'm not playing the latest game. And that's where it gets kind of like, what did he just say? Exactly. So Apple's making big money, big money off Fortnite because you're playing it on their phone. So there's kind of a, a oh, I almost said something inappropriate. I almost said there's kind of a hashtag me too thing going on Behave with Fortnite. Yourself. I didn't say it. I thought it. That is not but appropriate behavior. Oh, it's so totally appropriate. I mean, it's just um, everyone wants to tie themselves to Fortnite. It's going to pull in 2 to $3 billion this year. And if Apple's getting a 10%, 20%, 30% cut of that, depending on the deal made, and they tend to go softer on the bigger deals, that could work out pretty well. So how much is the Fortnite experience worth to you and me? I don't know. And am I going to go out and invest in Epic Games? Probably not. Am I going to go out and invest in Tencent? Probably not. But I find it interesting that it's kind of like all the rage now, where in October and, and November, all we could talk about on this show was Bitcoin. And I'm sorry, but we're not talking about Bitcoin every day here. Will it make a, re, uh, will it make a revival? Yes. But that's all I got for you right now. I got a coupon from eBay. Woohoo! I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> oh my that's all my! I got. Oh my my my! Um, so let's take a quick look at the markets today and see how we're doing and, how, and what the the dealio is. The world's in turmoil, and investors are bullish. We did see a lot of women in the primaries across the United States make headway into congressional elections this year. So one of the things that we're going to start talking about are the elections, because they're now four or five months away, right? What will Congress look like? What will universal health care look like? What will repeals look like? What will the president look like? Relationships with foreign countries. There's a lot of turmoil, but the market's hitting all-time highs. Uh, the Russell and the NASDAQ, good, good news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.